This is The Defrag, I'm Christopher Lawson. Apple has long captivated audiences with its product announcements, and this week's peak performance event was no different. Since the pandemic started, Apple has replaced the in-person live events with sleek video streams featuring a range of Apple staff and containing incredible transitions, all filmed at various locations across the impressive Apple Park campus. This week's announcement has set the stage for the annual Worldwide Developer Conference that's due to be held in June, which is the deadline for Apple's transition to its own silicon chips. And there are a number of key announcements this week that I want to talk through in this episode. We've been working hard to deliver new products and services that help you stay connected, productive, and entertained. The latest announcement began with CEO Tim Cook talking through Apple's achievements across the film industry and spruiking the newest shows coming to Apple TV+. To be honest, the biggest announcement here was that baseball was coming to Apple TV Plus on Friday nights. We're really excited about this. This is going to be the best way to watch baseball on your iPhone, iPad, Mac, and anywhere that Apple TV Plus is available. Apple quickly moved on to the product updates, starting with adding a green color to the lineup of iPhone 13s and upgrading the chipset on the iPhone SE to the A15 Bionic. At the heart of iPhone SE is A15 Bionic, the same chip as an iPhone 13. Bringing this level of performance to our most affordable phone is something only Apple can do. A lot of this is marketing speak. And with the iPhone SE, there's nothing groundbreaking here. This is Apple's cheapest phone. So a lot of the comparisons were made to old generations of the iPhone, like the iPhone 8 from 2017. Unlike the iPhone 13 models, the iPhone SE still carries a home button. However, it now has 5G connectivity and increased battery life. With the A15 Bionic chip, the iPhone SE is a valid choice for someone who is budget conscious. It's the phone you buy if you don't have enough money to buy a current generation iPhone. But I don't really want to dwell on the iPhone SE. So let's move on to the iPad. The incredibly popular design of iPad Air is supercharged with the power of Apple Silicon. Apple updated the iPad Air, bringing the M1 chip that's currently in the Mac lineup and the iPad Pro into their mid-range tablet. Like the iPhone SE, the iPad Air now gets 5G connectivity. They also added a 12 megapixel wide-angle front-facing camera and support for the Apple Pencil 2. Apple also spruiked their environmental credentials, with some components like the aluminium enclosure being made from 100% recycled materials. Tin in the solder of the main logic board and rare earth elements in the enclosure and audio magnets. The new iPad Air starts from $599 US dollars, which is the same price point as the existing model. And for that price, it's a pretty good buy. And it's at this point that Apple transitioned into talking about improvements to their M1 chipset. We're adding one last chip to the M1 family, and it's going to blow your mind. It had been rumoured prior to the event that Apple might be introducing the M2 chipset. However, they had another surprise. Rather than improving the current chip designs, Apple expanded on the M1 Max chip, adding a new chipset to their lineup called the M1 Ultra. This is essentially two M1 Max chips 
which have been joined together to make a larger chipset, a process which Apple is calling ultrafusion. The ultrafusion architecture uses a silicon interposer that has twice the connection density of any technology available. It connects over 10,000 signals and provides an enormous 2.5 terabyte per second of low latency interprocessor bandwidth between the two die using very little power. That's more than four times the bandwidth of the leading multi-chip interconnect technology. The result is an SOC with blazing performance due to low latency, massive bandwidth, and incredible power efficiency. And thanks to the magic of the ultrafusion architecture, it behaves like a single chip to software and preserves the benefits of the unified memory. M1 Ultra has 114 billion transistors. That's seven times more than M1. It's the most ever in a personal computer chip. The numbers Apple presented around the M1 Ultra chip are somewhat staggering. The new chip has 20 cores, 16 of those are high-performance cores, and four high-efficiency cores, and it has 800 gigabytes per second of memory bandwidth, which supports up to 128 gigabytes of unified memory. There's also a 64-core GPU, which Apple says is eight times faster than the graphics of the M1 chip. There are also improvements to the neural engine, and the media engine is doubled, which will be a big win for anyone working with video. As they've done right throughout this transition, Apple compared the M1 Ultra to other high-end CPU and GPUs. And when we compare M1 Ultra to the fastest 16-core PC desktop chip available, it delivers 90% higher performance in the same power envelope. An M1 Ultra can deliver the PC chip's peak performance while using an astounding 100 watts less power. The chip being referred to is the 16-core Intel i9-12900K. It sounds impressive, but as usual with these charts that Apple provides, there's very little detail. An M1 Ultra delivers faster performance than the highest-end GPU available, while using 200 watts less power. The graphics card being referred to here is NVIDIA's RTX 3090, which is the fastest consumer graphics card currently available. If you wanted to buy an RTX 3090 right now, you'd be looking to spend well over 2,000 US dollars. And here where I'm based in Australia, a 3090 will cost you more than $3,000. And that pricing becomes quite important when you consider how M1 Ultra could fit into the Mac lineup. And we'll look into Apple's newest Mac right after this short break. If you're enjoying this episode of The Defrag and you want to support the work that we're doing, head on over to our website, thedefrag.com and become a Defrag member. You can get an ad-free version of the podcast, a sticker pack, a regular newsletter and discounts to our merch. Plus, there's a number of other perks depending on your membership level. Becoming a member is really the best way to support the show. It empowers us to produce independent journalism and gives you the best of the podcast without all the noise. So head on over to our website, thedefrag.com, and become a member today.
While Apple announced a bunch of updates during their peak performance live stream, this event was really about one thing, the Mac. Today we're going to focus on the place where so many people create their life's best work, the studio. With the deadline looming for the transition to Apple Silicon, the company wanted to showcase the power of the new M1 Ultra chip in a small form factor. This is Mac Studio and Studio Display. There had been rumours circulating before the event that Apple was going to introduce a pro version of the Mac Mini. And most people thought this was going to be similar to the current Mac Mini, but with a slightly new design and carrying the M1 Max chip. But what we got was something of a hybrid, a Mac Mini on steroids. Mac Studio is an entirely new Mac with the unbelievable performance of our most powerful Apple Silicon, M1 Max and M1 Ultra. This new Mac looks similar to the existing Mac Mini, but it's much taller and carries a lot more ports. At 9.5cm tall, the Mac Studio incorporates a new cooling design that allows the Mac Studio to make the most of the M1 Ultra chipset. It's the first computer to put outrageous performance, extensive connectivity, and entirely new capabilities into an unbelievably compact form that lives right on your desk, where it's always within easy reach. Now, there's a lot of specs here, so I'm just going to give you the highlights. The Mac Studio has four Thunderbolt 4 ports, 10 gig Ethernet, an HDMI port, two USB-A ports, and a headphone jack. And that's just on the back. There's an additional two Thunderbolt 4 ports and an SD card reader on the front. When you compare Mac Studio to our most powerful Mac desktops, the 27-inch iMac and Mac Pro, it takes performance to astonishing new heights. Apple compared the Mac Studio with M1 Max and also with M1 Ultra to a bunch of their soon-to-be-phased-out machines. What was most notable here is that the Mac Studio with the M1 Ultra chip beat out even the 28-core Xeon processor in the Mac Pro. Apple also said that the Mac Studio with M1 Ultra was up to 80% faster than the best graphics card option for the Mac Pro. In this one event, Apple essentially made the Mac Pro obsolete. Apple is clearly targeting this machine at the creative industries. And there's an awful lot to like, especially if you work in film. With M1 Ultra's extraordinarily powerful media engine, Mac Studio can play an unprecedented 18 streams of 8K ProRes 422 video. There is no other computer in the world that can do this. If that claim of playing 18 streams of 8K ProRes is true, there's going to be video producers around the world scrambling to get their hands on this machine. Especially when you consider that the ultimate version of the Mac Studio with the M1 Ultra chip costs about 8,000 US dollars. It seems like a lot, but when you compare it to the Mac Pro, it's actually quite affordable. The other product that Apple announced alongside the Mac Studio was the Apple Studio Display. Now, we designed Mac Studio together with the Studio Display to complete the ultimate studio experience. The Apple Studio Display is a 27-inch 5K retina with relatively thin black borders and an aluminium enclosure. What's interesting is that the Apple Studio display also incorporates an A13 Bionic chip to enable better camera and audio support. Which enables it to deliver amazing experiences with the highly advanced camera and audio system. 
the display incorporates a 12 megapixel ultra wide camera and an array of microphones to make video calling a much more enjoyable experience. The studio display starts at $15.99 US dollars. Where I'm based in Australia, it will set you back around 2,500 Australian dollars. And if you get the nano textured glass, you'll be spending an additional 300 US dollars. Overall, the Mac Studio is quite well priced for what it offers, but the Apple Studio display is quite expensive. This announcement now means that Apple's transition to its own silicon architecture is almost complete. With just one more product to go, Mac Pro. And given that the Mac Pro is primarily targeted at the professional market, we can expect that to be announced at the Worldwide Developers Conference in June. Also making news today, Elon Musk is seeking to have his settlement agreement with the SEC terminated. Musk made the agreement in 2018 after his much-famed tweet about taking Tesla private. Musk's lawyers are arguing that the oversight policy that was agreed to at the time is completely unworkable. Musk is meant to have any tweets relating to Tesla reviewed by a lawyer before he posts them publicly on Twitter. Musk is suggesting that he was forced to sign the agreement because of the unrelenting regulatory pressure. Shell has apologised after it purchased oil from Russia last week, when other companies were pulling out of the region due to the war with Ukraine. In a statement, Shell said that it was wrong to purchase the crude oil and that it will now be withdrawing from Russian oil and gas entirely. The company also says any profits to be made from the remaining crude oil that it purchased will be directed to a fund to help those affected by the war. And autonomous driving startup Pony.ai has been forced to recall software to fix a bug on some of its vehicles. The move was made after a Pony.ai vehicle operating autonomously hit a street sign in October. In response to the crash, the company was suspended from testing its driverless vehicles in California. The National Highway Traffic Safety Administration had been pushing for the recall because it believes there's a bug in the software and wants to make sure that roadway users are protected. Defrag is a production of Lawson Media. The show today was produced and hosted by me, Christopher Lawson. If you'd love to find out more about the show or listen to previous episodes, you can head across to our website, thedefrag.com. That's all the news we have today. I'll be back with more tomorrow.